Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies and lizards. It's time for another episode of Oral Gex. Let's talk about Gex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Uh, I'm Izzy Kestrel, one of your hosts. I'm Amelia Laserwalker, the other host. This week, we, we, I know I'm going to be really loud this episode because I'm really excited. Uh, not just because we finished playing this game that I kind of hated, uh, but also because the ending kind of won me back a little bit, at least like the secret ending. Uh, which, yeah, I don't know anything about the secret ending, and I feel like you're going to dump some lore on me. <laughs> Amelia did not experience the secret ending uh, like I did. I did play it. I did. I did not play it. I, I, to, to be clear, I did watch a YouTube video of the secret areas and Rezopolis and all that stuff. Um, I didn't even play the actual game part of the game that we agreed to play. Kind of ran out of time. But you're a fake Gex fan. I'm a fake Gex fan. Uh, but I did. I was uh, completely steamrolled by the the secret ending, which is a much. Uh, it's basically the the normal ending, I believe, and then kind of extended past a little bit with some extra stuff, um, which we'll talk about some of that uh, in a bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to like tamp down my excitement a little bit because we do have to talk about the game part of the game that I don't really care about all that much, but. Yeah, I guess, Amelia, do you have any, any feelings you want to get off your chest at this point now that you're done with this game? You know, we have we have outlined a lot of positive things about the design of this game, and it is true. There are a lot of really interesting, good pieces of design that I think were truly innovative for 1995. I'm comfortable saying this is not a good game. Oh, there you have it, folks. Uh, I, I'm inclined to agree. I don't think that this is uh, Gex's best work. I think that his 3d offerings are a little bit stronger which honestly that's pretty good right like that's pretty i think that's notable i feel like making that jump from 2d to 3d i kind of see bubsy as gex's rival in some ways he's also kind of a failed mascot that has a weirdly dedicated fan base and i hate him for that i don't like bubsy very much i'll say it right now but bubsy 3d was a real stinker and I think that's universally like accepted as like, oh, it's one of the worst PlayStation games. And, uh, you know, they always they don't always get so lucky as being like a, a Mario to Super Mario 64 kind of deal. And Gex, I think, definitely made that transition very well. That's true. Although I will I will save real comparisons of Gex and Bubsy for when we get into our our mascot showdown series. But I will say Gex never went to the James Terrell retrospective. That's true. I will say uh, the Arcane Kids uh, sort of spinoff where uh, they revived Bubsy for for a bit at, a minute to uh, visit James Rattrell retrospective. That's a great game. I do recommend that. I don't recommend the original Bubsy 3D, but go play that one. Yeah, like I feel like I've made I've made a couple other references to to like Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country Two as another CGI rendered mascot platformer from 1995. And God knows that didn't make the transition well to 3D. <laughs> no, it did not. Yeah. So should we talk about our little mascot uh, showdown thing a little bit? Sure. So I had the idea the other day to introduce some other mascots into the mix a little bit. This is a Gex podcast at the end of the day. This is Oral Gex, your number one Gex podcast. But... There are a lot of other mascots out there, and there are other fans, too, that adore these mascots the same way that I adore Gex. 
And all I really want to do, all my my real goal here is just to give them a platform to explain themselves and tell us why, why not Gex? Why Mario? Why Bubsy? Why Master Chief? Right? Why why that green man instead of our green man? Come on the pod and and tell us. We're still kind of in the planning phases of that. It's uh, not something that's going to happen like anytime soon, I think. And also, you know, we'll probably we're still going to kind of go as planned. We're going to this episode. We're going to talk about Resopolis and Planet X and a little bit about the ending. And then I believe next week uh, we're going to kind of do a wrap up where we talk about some. Uh, there's a, a blog by one of the developers that I think is very good. It talks about the kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, there's some good stuff on the cutting room floor website where they kind of talk about the prototype and some things that weren't in the the final game. Uh, I think that's going to be like the wrap up on Gex 1995, uh, one million copies sold bestseller video game. But after that, we're going to start getting into Gex 2, most likely. We'll probably figure out next week what exactly the parameters of that are, like how many levels are we going to play? Like, what's the pacing for that? It's a larger game. It's non-linear, I suppose I would say. So we'll have to kind of make some judgment calls there, how we want to tackle that. But as far as our little character showdown thing is is concerned, those might just be kind of like, they happen when they happen sort of thing. Maybe like a bonus episode kind of deal. We just kind of put them between the Gex 2 episodes. I don't know. Bonus pods for our paid subscribers. For our, yeah, you subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. Definitely. Well, if if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get the high res feed of this podcast oh that's a joke that would work if if audio had resolution instead of fidelity oh yeah we're gonna talk about res in this episode i'm excited about that okay uh yeah let's just get into it then because i i really i really just want to talk about these credits and i know there's like other there's like game parts of this game that we still need to discuss as is our our um burden so amelia do you want to get us started yeah, so this is another world, Resopolis, that thankfully only had two levels in a boss, three levels in a boss. I want to say two levels in a box. Two levels in a boss. Yeah, so we had Res Night Fever and On the Move, where Res Night Fever was completely f- forgettable. It had those, <laughs> it had the enemies that had really long, like, lances that were kind of annoying. Is that is that the one that had the, the like, pipe mechanic right so sort of like sonic you can sort of get sucked up into a tube and end up somewhere else yeah um and that was the first thing that kind of jumped out at me on that level is like you know i love that i love that level in sonic i love chemical plant zone any game that has tubes in it give me a give me a sonic give me a metroid i don't care put that put that little guy in a tube and i'm i'm into it so i i did like that part of this level the, the main thing I remember about this, other than like a base level of frustration that I think is a given across any levels in this game, was they pulled a new trick I hadn't seen them do before, which was the end, like the actual room with the TV was a trap. And there was like a gotcha moment at the very end where if you screwed up, too bad you died and didn't get to the exit, which just felt needlessly cruel to me. <laughs> Much of this game feels needlessly cruel to me. Um, was this the, was this the level that had the tail bounce stuff or was that the next level? That was this level. Yeah. Cause there, there was some place the next level had some of it. I think this had a little more cause this had a lot of the like jump out of a pipe and then do some tail bouncing. 
Okay. Actually, yeah, the, the, the next level also, they definitely did other places where like they required you to jump on it as well. So I guess the answer is both of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did like one thing I did appreciate about these levels, um, aside from Gex getting, getting a little tiny and going in the pipe. Uh, I liked that there was some tail bounce action happening because I do feel like that was like a really underutilized mechanic in this game that the first the first level you're doing a tail bounce on stuff and it's like, oh, this is so cool. And then you like despite asking you to do a lot of different mechanical junk all the time and all the levels uh, and really going hard on the mechanics, it never really goes very hard. You know, actually, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm realizing right now is that the levels are very centered around whatever their gimmick is, right? More than Gex's abilities specifically. Like it's more like externalized yeah. than being like, oh, here's a level where you're doing like a lot of tail bouncing or like there are levels where you're doing like more wall crawling than others, but they're all there's also other stuff happening around that. It's not just about like, let's dig in this mechanic more and like teach you more about like the basics of like, jumping or like moving through a space right it's always like compounded with a lot of other stuff yeah one one thing i did find really funny i i don't remember which of these two levels it was i think it was on the move the conveyor belt level we haven't really talked about yet but one of them i think was the first time the game had jumps that actually like absolutely required you to long jump to reach them like do a running jump and so at the beginning of this level in the last world of this game, they had to do a tutorial bubble to remind you that you can run <laughs> because like technically it, like you could have played the entire game up to this point. Like it is certainly easier if you were doing running jumps, but it wasn't necessary until this point. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder if there was like a play testing like QA got to that point and they're like, how do you do this? And they're like, oh, you run <laughs> like you what? We'll patch that. We'll fix that. That's fine. And then they just put a sign there. <laughs> <laughs> So on the move, conveyor belts. Yeah. I also found this pretty unmemorable. Like, yes, it had conveyor belts, classic platformer mechanic. It had barrels that you couldn't get rid of. They were just there to mess with you, which is funny because I did. I don't know about you, but I got to one of the secret levels, I think, in the, in the, the first level, the tube one. And it is a level where there are barrels that you have to destroy, um, which is funny because the barrels in on the move are not destroyable. Also, I think as you noted, I, I'll, I'll, I don't remember if it was on the pod or in a message to me, that the barrels in the secret level are gold and bear a striking resemblance to the pots in Jungle World that you mm-hmm. can't destroy. So they finally gave us a little bit of satisfaction of getting to destroy some sort of, of roughly Gex-sized vessel. Yeah, still an interesting choice that they put those pots in that that other level and didn't let you break them, but... Thankfully, there is some catharsis. If you may make it to the bonus level, you get to to break something. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing that I found funny on this level, uh, uh, Gex says, "Working, I'm working hard, but not getting anywhere. And that just feels... He said that in earlier levels before, but it just feels especially um, apt in this level where you're on these conveyor belts and trying to like move forward through the space and uh, having trouble doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, was this the level where he says helium makes my voice do this? He said that a lot. It didn't happen a lot for me, but it definitely felt like, cool, this doesn't have anything to do with this level, but they they needed some filler, and this was Dana Gould riffing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a riffing uh, kind, of, kind of quote. Uh, I, I feel like it, it came, at least in the video that I watched, because again, I, I am a fake gamer girl. I did not play uh, these levels with my own 
my own hands. The, the the video that I watched, my man was he was saying it every every two seconds, and it was very funny to me that that was the the one he decided to to really hyper focus on. I, I also I, I did find it kind of funny. One of one of his start of level barks was so this is New Jersey, which also like I feel like making fun of New Jersey as a concept is such a like nineties early two thousands joke. Oh yeah. Very, and that's extremely Gex's vibe. So, nailed it. Great job, Dana. Anything else to say about uh, on the move? I don't think so. I think we should talk about Res. All right, let's get let's talk about Res. That's really what I'm here for. This is this is where I stopped playing. I I, I learned what I believe are all the mechanics for the fight, and I, I believe I knew how to deal damage to him. But when I was watching YouTube videos, the versions I saw on YouTube had this very very beautiful juicy feedback whenever you you spit your little spit wad at at res and and they took damage i wasn't getting any feedback and so i figured like this is a miserable enough boss fight i'm not gonna spend like 10 minutes spitting at him before figuring out like this isn't actually counting any of my hits and so i gave up and watched the final cutscene on youtube (laughs) yeah visually like there's some stuff happening this level there's some like scrolling there's some like scaling it's like they finally remembered that like the 3do had this like custom processing chip for like scaling and rotating sprites and they had to use it despite it being actively intrusive they did scale uh toxic turtle a little bit oh yeah 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 so that's something they were like oh dang this is cool we should do more of this mechanically it felt really weird to me that this is the first time you ate a bug and was only able to spit it out once. That's a really like, good point. They were, they were like trying to go for it being like a different mechanic, presumably by virtue of like breaking open a pot, which you finally presumably got to do in order to get to that bug as opposed to it being like a power up. But it felt weird because they spent the whole game training you that like when Gex is glowing and you can press a button to spit, you can keep pressing that button to keep spitting. Yeah, I don't the, the boss fight was fine. I, I wanted more out of this just because I think like I'm not trying to speed through this podcast because I, I I I love our time here. I, I appreciate I enjoy our time, but I am trying to get to these credits because I am very excited about talking about these credits. I kind of want to move out of like the mechanical stuff and into like the lore implications. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's that much to say about that boss fight itself. I mean, we spent enough hours talking about the mechanics of each individual level for sure yeah i certainly think like our our um threshold for like talking about the mechanics of the game has kind of shortened as the the podcast has gone on just because like i don't think there's a ton of meat there i think i think the 3d games have a little bit more going on maybe in that respect hopefully but yeah so (sighs) you fight gex in this last (laughs) gex fights rez in this last bit and I think like the thing that jumped out to me in this moment is like how much of a non-presence Re- Rez is in this game. Yeah. He pulls Gex into TV world. That's kind of like the main thrust of the of the story, right? That's how the getting cutscene happens. And he wants Gex as his as his TV mascot or whatever is established in the in the instruction manual. And then um you do all this other shit and you think about like a Sonic the Hedgehog, right? And Robotnik is showing up to throw down at the end of every like third act. Uh, yeah. You look at Super Mario, 
you always got Bowser in that castle and then the princess is in another castle and you're like, dang, not in this game. Uh, it's always just some weird uh, farting man or a, a giant snake and you don't actually see Rez uh, at all. You, you've, you meet his associates, the many associates of Rez, but he never really wants to come do the dirty work himself until the very end when he really doesn't have a choice because Gex has kind of invaded his lair. And I think it's also funny because like with all of the voice acting, like this is a game that clearly it thinks it cares about theatricality to some extent. Like it's got these beautiful CGI graphics that they spent a lot of time pre-rendering. It's got all these voice lines and yet it seems so uninterested in doing like storytelling within the game itself, as opposed to the manual. (laughs) It would have gone so far to have get have res just have any kind of like tension between them because there really isn't you don't really re- even remember the stakes of of what's happening until you get to the end and you have to fa- face them off and i wish that there was a little bit more push and pull between those characters because res as a character is like nothing basically in this game yeah and even the final cutscene, like the final cutscene was cute. Like I, I liked how explicitly it ended on this like generic sitcom feeling note, but it was also nothing. Like Rez died, and that was it. It ended quickly. Gex went through the TV somehow, and then it ended. Like there was no real sense of closure other than like that book ending of like getting sucked into the TV, then spat back out of the TV again. And most notably, he wants to. He gets out of the TV. Well, the remote flies out, catches that very cool moment. And then he's like, wonder what's on HBO. He has learned nothing. There has been, we talked about this, I think in episode one, they were like, is there going to be any character development here? Is Gex actually going to evolve as a person uh, in this game? Uh. No, literally not at all. He went to, he went to TV hell and he came back out and it's like, damn, damn, I still love TV. Stunning. Do we do we think they had to pay the home broadcasting office to get the rights to say HBO? <laughs> well, Dana Dana was on. I think Dana had a show on HBO. I don't know if that was after Gex or before it. I think it was. I think it was before Gex. And uh, you know, because he also name drops SNL. So mm, like, I think yeah. he's just like, if oh, if I've been on it, it's fine. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> but it's it's cross promo at that you point. Can't argue with IP law. Yeah. Yeah. Not shocking, I suppose, that Gex has learned absolutely nothing. It's very funny. And I think that's all we're really looking for here is is comedy uh, from this game than that, maybe. And also, I guess, you know, I had heard about this fabled secret ending that you get for completing Planet X, which I suppose we'll talk about Planet X now and just continue to uh, keep you on the edge of your seat about the secret ending. But I don't think our listeners have earned uh, the right to listen to us talk about the secret ending until they've listened to us talk about Planet X, because I also had to watch Planet X. Yeah, I sort of skimmed Planet X. Like if, if you want to talk more in depth about any of it, we can. So for context, there are eight levels um, that you you unlock a, a level by completing the secret challenges on each world. That, that only accounts for four or five levels, right? How do you get the other levels? Yeah, I'm looking at the wiki and I see a remote 
uh, listed on on each under each thing. But I actually don't know okay. if that's supposed to be that you get that remote on this level or you need it to get in. Speaking of which remotes, to jump back quickly, that reminds me of a curious design detail I did notice this week, which is so if you're on if you're in a given world map and you open your little remote menu and you have all of these remotes sitting there that don't fit the world you're on, you can use like if you are in Resopolis, if you use the Toontown remote, there is a TV in Resopolis that is like the TV to other places. And if you use the Toontown remote, it makes that TV point to Toontown. If you play the Kung Fu world or land or ville or whatever canonical name it has remote, that will turn that TV to that to take you to Kung Fu land, um, which is such a weird design decision. Like there is a world map of world maps that lets you select which world you want to go to. Like my first instinct was like, okay, the idea of like being able to change the channel is sort of cool and thematic. But if I want to change the channel to CNN, I don't grab my dedicated CNN remote. <laughs> what, what if you did, though? Gex is imagining a future uh, that is just beyond your comprehension. And I think it's a I think it's a wonderful future. I, I wish I had a dedicated HBO remote. So when I have to lose one, you know, that just makes it easier to decide what I want to watch. So to have I like. I don't want to channel surf. I want to, I want to focus in. I want to, I want to watch those advertisements. I want to get invested in those commercials. I don't want people to be jumping around. That's, that's degrading the the TV watching experience. Just let me get my dedicated, like that'd be great for parents too. You have to worry about like child parental controls. You just give them the cartoon. Okay. I actually, okay. Tangent. I actually had uh, a children's remote, uh, a TV remote, created just for children my, my my mother didn't have any particular like constraints about my like tv watching or video games like i ran rampant i did whatever i wanted basically i was a very spoiled child so this i think this was more just like my own curiosity i saw this in a bargain bin at toys r us or something and i'm like i want that what is that and as i was uh just now trying to sort of burn time until I remembered what the remote is called. I do remember the name of the remote. I believe it's called the Wiimote, which is very funny. Now that I look back on it. Oh, we as in it is a small remote, a remote for we children as a W E E. And uh, as you can probably imagine, Google is totally useless. <laughs> it helps me find pictures of this remote. Anyway, it was like basically like, it was a little purple uh, teardrop looking thing, obviously very small for a child's hand. Uh, and it had, I think, five buttons on it, maybe five buttons and a power button. And each of the five buttons, they were numbered very clearly one to five. And one was like a yellow star. One was like a, a red square, you know, just very bright, colorful shapes. And you could set each one of those buttons to a channel. So basically, you would give your this your remote to your child, and they would have you know Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, whatever the 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 appropriate channels to to channel surf through, and that would be it. So, real thing that I owned, just a little uh, interesting part of my childhood from the '90s. So that that's what predestined you to become Gex's number one fan. Yeah, I was like, wow, I love TV remotes. 
I'm a real, real remote head. I really am just passionate about these things. I just want to own all the different kinds. I can't believe I can't find a picture. So Planet X. Um, so Planet X. I feel like most of most of the levels, like we could go through and talk about them the same way we have the other levels. I feel like the only one that I want to call out is I think it's the fourth level. Maybe it's the fifth. It's called Newton's Fourth Law. The the Wikipedia describes it as notable for being the only level that contains the anti the almost anti gravity mechanic. Spoiler alert: the almost anti gravity mechanic is water. Yes. Um. It. it it's almost like the designer screwed up too. And so eventually you encounter the actual quote unquote, almost anti-gravity, which is, it looks like a normal area, but it behaves like water, like a more aggressive form of the water. So you can sort of swim up through the air. Um, and right before you encounter that for the first time, there is a little info text bubble that says it's almost anti-gravity. However, earlier in the level, you reach a point where there is like, like you will climb up a wall and then up above you, there is a pool of water that is suspended in air. And this is just normal water. It is blue. It deforms Gex with like the, a water visual effect. And there is also a tutorial tooltip in front of that that says it's almost anti-gravity. <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed this out because I, I, <laughs> I definitely had all the same thoughts that you did. Like, wow, this is really something. It's, it's also worth pointing out. Like, I think like... There is a, like this. I guess this goes back to our our co- continually pointing out like these poor resourceful level designers. So we're like, okay, we can't justify building a new mechanic for this level in Planet X. Sure, we can reuse water and change the effects. They did such little work to change the water that Gex continues to say water specific barks while in the almost anti gravity. I hope that's a candy bar. That's a candy bar. So I I actually want to I want to push back on that a little bit about them not uh, kind of doing new mechanics to these levels. Yeah, these levels are a little bonkers. So I okay. I I don't think that we need to. Maybe we do need to go one by one. I don't think we need to go really <laughs> deep on every one of the levels, but I do want to like briefly touch on what each one's gimmick is because like okay, yeah, every single one has a weird gimmick. And okay, yeah, yeah. Full disclosure, I did not play these. I I sort of skim descriptions and videos. So it is, it is It is like I'm likely missing something here. I also did not play these. I watched uh, maybe not even half, maybe like a fourth of them through my lunch break. And then I watched, I skimmed a little bit uh, just a couple hours ago. So we get to Planet X, which by the way, just to be clear, uh, you are getting pieces of remote to unlock this world. So I believe all these levels are oh, already unlocked. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah my, my mind was still in the like, Donkey Kong Country Super Mario World mode of like one world equals one level unlock. That makes more sense. Yes. Or maybe I guess I wasn't really paying attention to the video that I watched. I think maybe it's one level is unlocked. You get a remote, you unlock another level, just like normal. You know, once you get to Planet X, it operates like a normal uh, world. So saucer section, which uh, is a level that you jump on a wall segment and it's like semi-transparent for some reason. I guess that's how they denote that this wall moves. And uh, it's an auto-scroller, basically, where this wall oh, okay. just kind of like slides through the level. And Gex has to climb up and down it to kind of manage uh, to, to not get hit by some UFOs. And these enemies are only in this level. Once again, just like the tomatoes, just like these many enemies oh, in this oh, game oh. only appear in, in a single level. Uh, there are these aliens 
that there are two types. There are tourist saucers. Wait, there's tourist saucers and manned saucers. Doesn't it seem like manned saucers would be the one with... It sounds like they both would have somebody in them, but the manned ones don't look like they have anyone in them. Hmm. But yeah, you just kind of stick to this wall and then saucers come at you. And it's it's pretty dull. I don't know. If you like dodging stuff, I guess that's kind of what you're doing here. But it's it's really just that. It's just enemies come at you and you, you move out of the way. And then we have free fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one seemed extremely cool, too. Do you want to tell the listeners what we do in free fall? You are in free fall. It is we've 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 had two or three levels about climbing up. This is a level about falling down. Yeah. So you um you fall down. Just you fall. That's that's this level. Bombs away. Uh the third level of Planet X. There uh there's some sliding down some slopes, which have we really talked about the slopes? I feel like slopes are like one of those things in video games that people are like, oh, it's so hard to like make a slope in a, a platformer. Yeah, there's slopes and- in this game. And they're not great. <laughs> but they made them, though. They did put a slope in the game. We, we'll give them credit for that. They can take some credit for having some slopes. And at least, like, I, I guess sliding down a slope can feel satisfying. But, like, jumping up them is deeply unsatisfying. Oh, yeah, jumping up them sucks. That's true. But also, it gives, you know, like, it's a, yeah, like where you, when you're a kid and you want to climb up the slide. Everybody loves climbing up a slide. Including Gex. Including Gex. So... This level, I don't really remember this one. Uh, you kind of do some sliding, and then there's like a, a upward climb with a bunch of alien throwing bombs at you. Also looks like it sucks. So that's bombs away. Head to head is the fourth level. And according to Rex Wiki, this is the hardest level in uh, Planet X. This is the one where, yeah, you're doing some bouncing over some pools of acid. And again, you know, these are instant death acids. So you fall in the that pit, uh, you're dead. Also, level ID SL69. Nice. So that's good. It, it also sounds like the enemies you're bopping on the heads of are a unique enemy that only appears in this level. They're yep. not like they are not like the little the little white orbs in the, in the other levels in Resopolis. Yep, this is Bubble Brain. Bubble Brain's a, a, another new, it doesn't say associate of Res, but minion, I suppose. <sighs> then we have... Talk about Newton's fourth law. Newton's fourth law, we discussed that. In the almost almost anti-gravity. anti-gravity. And then we have the project. Uh, Amelia, I've. it's too bad you didn't get to play this one. Because <sighs> this is a giant maze, and I know how much you love, you love mazes. Uh, GexWiki says it is probably the largest... And the most base-like level in the entire game. Cool. Aren't you upset that you missed out on that? Eh, I didn't. I didn't like the other level because it was a maze. I liked it because it had interesting mechanics, including a maze. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like when you look at like a a Metroidvania game or something. Those games are not interesting because they are mazes. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally just like if you if you sketch this out on a piece of paper. Like that is what the level is, right? There is nothing mechanically interesting beyond like what you could draw on a piece of paper. And it's just a matter of moving this, uh, this character through it. There is one thing interesting to note about this level. Uh, there's an Easter egg in this level where you can find a a secret area. And there's a a man who has been like, like motion capture, like rotoscoped into the game. And uh, we can only assume this is a developer or something, but 
no nobody knows who this is. So once again, I'll I'll ask the fans if you uh, know who this person might be, or if you are this person and you listen to our podcast, write in. Tell us what's going on. Tell us why you are in this game and why you die a horrible, bloody death. So that's the project. And then clothesline, the final level, which has oh. that wild, like upside down helicopter. Oh, we forgot the web. Oh, okay. Based on the the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock, I'm sure. You're nodding your head. You know what that is? Nope. <laughs> I know what the World Wide Web is. I don't actually know if that's the name of the movie. I just made it. I made it. No, it's the net. Oops. I'll just cut that out. No one has to know that I messed that up. Uh, So the web is uh, a level in which you pilot a weird helicopter through an electrified electrified maze. I don't know. I was screaming. uh, I was watching the last level that we were on, the project, and I was screaming because like, wow, it's a maze. It's a maze. It's an uninteresting maze. I was just screaming this at my TV. My, my neighbors were probably really concerned. And uh, we got to the web and I just started screaming again. Like, it's another maze. It's another maze. Uh, uh, it's not as interesting of, of a maze, I guess. I, I also want to like just I like mazes. I'm not a maze hater. I, I think that mazes are cool. Uh, I, I think they're cool when they're employed like deployed in an interesting matter. And I, d- I don't think they are. They're not deployed creatively in any of these levels, but the web is much more of like a, Oh, there is a path and you go on the path and then that's kind of, yeah, it. it's not super interesting. Um, well, ex- except, for, except for the caveat that like you're going through this path while piloting an upside down helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Clothesline. Amelia, did you watch a video of this level? No, you should. Um, okay. I wish I had I wish I had one ready right now, but there is some wild 3D stuff happening. Actually, there's a video in this in this. Gex yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, there's some yeah. nice parallax. Oh, wow. That isn't even. Par- it's, yeah, it's hard to tell without like pausing it if it is like or if it is actual 3D or like really good fake parallax. Yeah, there is some wild. So clothesline is a level where you're kind of just like buzzing through on another one of these helicopter things, but it's auto scrolling and there are these like metal girders sort of coming across the screen. And I think the idea is that you want to jump over them, avoid them, whatever. But like they are coming across the screen. They are coming like 3D at you. They're like they they the back end kind of is parallaxed in like they kind of like whoosh by in the front. I was also screaming at this level, like just visually very intense and like wild and not like anything else I've seen in this game. There there's not really a lot of like 3d like this in this game and it's very strange that this is relegated to a bonus level that probably not very many people played cool is it time for you to finally talk about the secret ending oh oh i think it is Wait, so, so, so set the stage do you access this by completing clothesline or what is the path to access it so the way that you get the secret ending is that you complete clothesline you complete all the planet x levels and then you go and fight Rez. So you still need to go beat Rez and then finish the game as normal. But you're kind of beating it in that 100% uh, category. Okay, so I have the secret ending video pulled up right now. So basically what the secret ending is, and I guess, Amelia, I can actually just send it to you and you can kind of look at it too while I'm I'm 
uh, talking about it. Basically, uh, you just have TV static, static scrolling up the screen. And then you start having these like little text uh, things come up with like, you're the greatest. Uh, you kick butt. And just it is it is this for, let's see, about. I want to say eight minutes, just eight minutes of this static screen with admittedly, admittedly, like some pretty good music. That's one thing we don't really talk about. The Planet X music actually bangs pretty hmm. hard. There, there are two tracks, I think, in Planet X. There's like one for like most levels have one track and then I think the last two have a different track, maybe. But it's actually really good. And there's also a, another original song for this credit sequence. Yeah, and it slaps. That is also very good. And uh, the thing just can, keeps going on. You are the all being of space, time, and dimension. You are so big, which is a very funny... <laughs> A very funny thing uh, for it to say. Are all of these things they're saying just just sexy things you can say in bed? Uh, the Dynamo, the D-pad. The Dynamo, the D-pad. Actually the best in the history of the Earth. Actually the best in the history of the Earth. Oh, so so it goes on like this for a while. And the first like uh, three minutes in, you know, we're talking about like you're the you're the best in the cosmic quantum continuum of all existence. They're just going nuts. And then it says, well, now that I think about it, there was this one guy in Toledo, Ohio, a twist. You've now been sitting in this credit screen for about three minutes. Let me let, let, put yourself in this in this headspace, right? You're watching this credit screen. You, you put so much hard work into beating this game. You, you spent many hours, blood, sweat, and tears. It's 1995. You're playing on the the playstation version it doesn't have save save uh files and you have to write down the password and then your mom threw out your notebook with the password in so you had to start all over again you were dedicated you put your your heart and soul into beating gex the 1995 best-selling one million copy video game and you're rewarded with this like just just wonderful like i again i i said i was doing a lot of screaming while i was watching these videos i was losing my mind at this video of them just saying you're so great you're wonderful uh you're the best in the in in the on the state you're the best no you're the best in the country no actually you're the best in the in the world on the planet earth uh they just they gas you up so much and you're like oh my god I'm so amazing. The developers love me so much. I I did so much hard work here and they appreciate me so much. I can't believe it. And then the other shoe drops. And now I'm starting to be like, hmm, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I like this anymore. I don't know if this is what I signed up for. My my little cozy room with my beanbag chair and my my 10-inch CRT TV. I was really excited to see the screen, but now now you're kind of telling me that maybe I'm not the best and that's not making me feel so good. They go on to say, you two should get together for a playoff. Like, well, can I just be the best? Like, you know, and then another quote here, you take the lacy Chinese girl and he'll take the blonde surfer dude. Okay. That's pretty progressive for 1995, despite being very worried at the start of that sentence. Yeah. So is that well, how are you interpreting that? 
at, at, at first I was thinking of it as sexual and now I know I'm realizing like seeing what comes next where they talk about like you're going to play games with this guy for a couple hours. Are they just like describing a generic Street Fighter style game? Like, are you playing as Chun-Li? <laughs> That's a really great point. Yeah, it's probably it's probably Chun-Li and uh, Guile. I don't know. Yeah, hurricane helicopter to hurricane, throw to throw, combo to combo. Definitely yeah. does feel like a street fighter. Well, okay, so well, so I guess I will ask: Does this does this go anywhere, or is this just like a writer riffing the same way that voice actor Dana Gould riffs? So it does it does kind of keep going. Amelia, yeah. Do you have a life? I think so. Or do you play games all day? Feeling <sighs> pretty called out. What's Newton's third law? I mean, we know Newton's fourth law is almost anti-gravity. Do you actually know what Newton's third law is? Uh, um, I do not know Newton's third law off the top of my head. <laughs> Typical gamer. They're proving, they're proving your point. Yeah, this just feels to me like some writer is bored and riffing. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Go have a life. Get out of those superhero pajamas and go do something. Feel the sunshine on your phosphorescent burned face. You're done. You came. You saw. You won in a in a, a font that I've never seen before in like a beautiful just Oh wow. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a very 90s word art like generic serif font but like 3D. Oh, where, it's, where it's, it's, it's is gorgeous. like very like 90s extreme cartoon font. Mhm. Uh and then it says check this out and we get some more uh if you just want to skip a little bit and see the very good th now this is some word art ass art right here uh i'm looking at a slide that says gex ideas yeah and it's just got this incredible like purple thunder through it and actually this is where i'm gonna say uh we're gonna stop talking about this right now because there is uh this is eight minutes and 30 seconds into this video this is a 25 minute video the rest of the video, I guess the next like 10, 10 minutes of the video is a lot of uh, concept art that actually, again, I was screaming like a lot of really stunning, really interesting stuff here. A lot of stuff that I'm really upset kind of didn't make it past the cutting room floor. Um, I think we could spend a lot of time talking about all these images, so I don't want to go too deep into it now. But the vibe from this credit sequence, the secret ending that like, I think that the, the concept art is like a real nice reward. This, this stuff made me feel like really excited about, about this podcast. Honestly, it made me feel like, uh, you know, I feel like last, last week I was like a little, a little tuned out. We were doing the, the, the racist double feature. I was like, Oh, I, I can't believe I signed to do this. I got to play this stupid game that I don't really like all that much uh, just to get to like the good ones that I do like. And I don't know this, the watching this concept art just like reminded me like, Hey, uh, a lot of like really talented, interesting people worked in this game and it was a labor of love. And that's really incredible. Even if it didn't personally like click with me, yeah. I, my, my, the thoughts running through my head as I'm watching all this, all this concept art running by is like, Wow, I really, really hope that we can get literally if we get one person that worked on this game on this podcast and get to talk to them, that will be like a, a, a huge win for me. That would be like that would be so fulfilling for me and hopefully for some of the fans that played this game and like enjoyed it when they were kids like me. 
I just I want to know more about some of the stuff that they had in these in these uh, concept art pieces that like never really got to the main game. All the all the cut ideas that they had. Uh, it seems like narratively there was a lot more going on maybe with this game than than we ever really see. And some of that art is gorgeous. And so I I like I had this this secret ending was such a roller coaster <sighs> of emotion for me where I'm skipping through these planet X levels. And I'm like, OK, it's OK. This is fine. This is fine. Whatever. Res fight. All right. Sure. Whatever. I get to the 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 ending, you know, the 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 canonical ending where it's Gex kind of getting zapped back to his, his chair, having learned absolutely nothing and then this part happening where the game is like hey you're really great you're really wonderful i'm really glad that you're here i'm really glad that you're alive i'm glad that you're a part of this world and i'm like yeah i'm glad to be alive too i'm glad to be here spending my time with you gex 1995 video game with one million copies sold i'm feeling all warm and fuzzy i'm feeling like so like amped about this podcast about about like just everything and then they start tearing me down. They start telling me like, hey, actually, you spent a lot of time on this garbage. You spent a lot of time playing this thing. And like, especially me, I'm feeling especially attacked because I'm also dedicating even more time than the average player in 1995 did yeah. because I'm recording a podcast about this game. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not feeling so good anymore. Is this really what you wanted for me? I, I spent all this time uh, dedicated to your game. And, uh, you know, my childhood, like it was such a staple of my childhood. And now you're tearing me down, telling me that some some dude in Toledo is better than me. I don't want to hear that. And then they get to the end where they're like, here's a bunch of concept art and a bunch of beautiful things that we want to share with you and just you and that guy in Toledo because you spent all this time and you beat this game. And then I was like, oh, OK, you're winning me back again. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I'm have you back again. I was totally like excited. I was ready to come on this podcast, talk about it. I also watched the actual credits, right? And uh, saw some names I recognize in there. So that's exciting that like, I I know how to contact some of these people. We can maybe find at least one of them that wants to spend the time talking about this game they worked on uh, 25 years ago. But I, I mostly just love how excited you are about the secret ending. Because like I look at it and I'm like, okay, they were having fun. They sort of threw together some fun text and then threw some concept art in because that would be cool. And like, it's got cool 90 vibes, but it feels sort of slapdash to me. Which like, I love that while I am jaded and cynical, you are just like open hearted (laughs) and pure in your love of this. It is unironically great. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I yeah, it's it's not not an ounce of of cynicism here or irony or anything i i really just i love well the ending itself the actual text part i don't know like i said it was a roller coaster i was like when they're just like you're great you're wonderful i like that i like that part a lot i like being told that i'm great and i'm wonderful and i'm big and i'm huge that's all really that i mean all, all true all true but then when they're kind of tearing me down a little bit, I was like, okay, this is going on a little long. You're really going to keep doing this. And then they got me back with the concept art and stuff. And like, really just like, I want to know if there is, um, if any of this concept art, like still lives somewhere. Cause it is very grainy is very like hugely compressed, obviously to fit on this disc and like yeah. in this game, I would really like to see like nice, 
uh, high quality like scans of these documents. Also, wait, hold on. So I'm I'm watching these credits scroll as we chat, and one of the special mm-hmm. thanks goes to quote unquote the original Gex team. Oh yeah, and then as you keep going, then it then it gets on to credits for quote unquote the original Gex team. Okay, cool. There's no there's no conspiracy here. <laughs> I also noticed uh, one of the playtesters was Billy Mitchell, which I gotta wonder is that is that the Billy Mitchell as as in of Doc Funk fame? Yeah, I don't know. I like the credits also when you get to the when you get to the end and like the core original Gex team, everyone has drawings or like computerized versions of them, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really like all that stuff too. The credits are are well put together. Wow. So I think, I don't know. I think maybe we should, that's a good place to call it. I do have some other feelings that are really eaten away at me about uh, some lore implications, about Rez, about Gex, about their possible family connection. But I think that is going to be a whole nother like I could go on for a while about this. So maybe that is a good place to stop and we can talk about some of the lore stuff, uh, talk about res, talk about the article from uh, Greg Tavares, I think is the person that wrote this article about the development experience of, of Gex and uh, some of this concept art, which I just, hopefully I can maybe find some, like I said, if there is high res versions of this out there somewhere, high res uh, listeners, if you know how to find them, high res, high res, <laughs> I would, I would like to see them. Used with high res studios, the, the video game company that produces MOBAs. <laughs> also, not to be con- uh, confused with Res, the uh, 2001 Dreamcast game. It's a good game. That is a very good game. So, uh, as usual, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at. Oral Gex Pod. You can send us some questions to the email questions at oralgex.com. Uh, if you have any thoughts or feelings about the end of this game, we'd love to know about them, especially now that we're we're doing this kind of format where we're gonna come back next week and kind of do some wrap-up. Now, this week we're kind of exposing you to the secret ending, some of the, these revelations of uh the end of the game. And I'll, of course, have in the show notes some clips and uh, direct links to these videos if you want to experience these without having to dedicate hours of your lives to be berated by the developers in this way. You can you can certainly do that. And the next week, if you have some questions or, or interesting insights that you want to share with us, uh, please, please do that. But for now, do you have a, a favorite quote, Amelia, that you want to share with us? I know I got one. Go for it. Amelia makes my voice do this. <laughs>